This is Viewpoint with attorney and author Chuck Chrismeyer. Viewpoint is a one-hour open-line talk show confronting the issues of America's heart and home. To express your viewpoint, please call 804-754-1988. That's 804-754-1988. And now with today's edition of Viewpoint, here is Chuck Chrismeyer. She cried, if I could just touch the hem of his garment, I would be healed. He sent his word and healed them and delivered them from their destruction, says the scripture. Whatever happened to healing? Whatever happened to the fullness of the good news called the gospel? When the scripture says that Jesus sent forth his own disciples, telling them to preach, to teach, and to heal. The apostles, the same apostles, cried out in the book of Acts, Lord, grant unto thy servants that with all boldness we may speak your word by stretching forth your hand to heal, that signs and wonders may be done in the name of your holy child Jesus. What is this all about? Does your experience within the broader Christian community or in your own life or in your own congregation reflect those passages? Today on Viewpoint, we really want to talk with an open heart, an open mind concerning the matter of healing. Christian experiences of divine healing. Our special guest today, Michael Austin, who represents Christian History Magazine. Uh, This is a a wonderful magazine today, and I, I really hope that you'll avail yourself of it. We'll uh, let you know how you can do that. It comes out uh, regularly, and it always has fantastic, not just information, but a perspective that helps us to really grasp where we stand in the overarching pattern and panoply of God's work in his kingdom on earth. Well, most Christians in most parts of the world throughout the ages have had a robust supernatural faith that God can and does work miracles, including miracles of healing. Divine healing, though, got a bad name through practices reduced to caricatures of fraudulent or greedy faith-healing televangelists. But prayer for healing has played a major role, believe it or not, in world evangelization, and many Christians globally view healing as a central element of the gospel itself. So again, I welcome you to Viewpoint. I'm Chuck Chris Meyer, and uh, as always, it's conversation with ever-increasing conviction, talk that transforms, and I trust and pray that this conversation today with our good brother and friend Michael Austin will be transforming for you. It may be that you stand in need. It may be that you stand in need of prayer. It may be that you stand in need of the touch of the master's hand for healing. Well, in the first century Galilee, news spread quickly that Jesus healed sick people. In fact, even the Jewish scriptures in the Old Testament had identified God as the healer. And Jesus taught his followers to share his priority, as we already said, that the kingdom of heaven had come near by healing the sick and casting out demons. He said, freely you have received, freely give. What were they to give? 
just words? Or were they to translate the kingdom of God in practical manifestation, even through healing? That's what we want to talk about here today on Viewpoint. So I welcome you aboard. Michael Austin joining us from Indiana. Michael, it's so good to have you on the program. Well, it's so good to be with you, Chuck, and thank you for that um, enlightening introduction to this subject, which I am thrilled to uh, to talk about because it, it is so timely. You know, I grew uh, up in the church, Michael. My father was a pastor, and uh, he was involved in uh, not mainline churches, but in uh, evangelical churches, strong evangelical churches uh, that came out of the holiness movement uh, and so on. Uh, but the the interesting thing that I remember as a young man growing up was we always had prayer meetings on Wednesdays, Wednesday evenings. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And there were two main things, or three, that people would pray about. One was salvation for the unsaved. One was for uh, providing economic needs. And the other was for healing. The problem was that it seemed that the prayers never had any real expectation that God healed. It was as if praying for something that they weren't quite convinced that God was willing to do. And it always bothered me. And it hung with me for a very long time until my early 30s, when God shook me up over this issue in a very dramatic way. Would you be interested in knowing what that was? I was going to say, tell me about that. Okay, well, uh, again, I had never laid hands on anybody to heal. I never prayed for anybody in that sense to he- to be healed. And uh, one, one weekend, I was asked to go uh, by a contractor to a, a gathering of men, and they were worshiping the Lord in a freedom and a joy that I had never experienced, even though I was a born-again believer. And uh, it seemed that as I listened to the Word of God, they took it at face value. If God said, I sent my Word and healed them and delivered them from their destructions, they, they meant exactly that. That's what God meant. If he said, Those, these signs shall follow them to believe, they shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover, then that's what he meant. So I came back from that, and uh, we had a four-year-old daughter, happens to be my oldest daughter, and uh, she had a horrible, horrible uh, set of allergies that was so severe that she regularly had to have adrenaline pumped into her heart in order to keep her alive. We had to go into the hospital in the evening, uh, oftentimes, and her eyes were sunken deep into her head. Our whole church, which was a, a large evangelical church, knew about her, knew about this situation. Well, I came home from that meeting, and the Holy Spirit spoke to me, and he said, Son, did you hear? He said his word and healed them. These signs shall follow them that believe. They shall lay hands on the sick, and they shall recover. I said, okay, Lord, we have a four-year-old daughter that's in desperate need for healing. So I called my wife and I called my daughter together. I laid hands for the first time in my life as a Christian. I laid my hands on my daughter and prayed simply that God would heal her of these horrific allergies. 
Here's what happened. In her precociousness, she turned around and said, can I have a glass of milk? She was deathly allergic to all milk products of every derivative, everything that had even a minute amount of lecithin or anything like that in it. She turned around and said, can I have a, a glass of milk? We said, honey, don't you think we should go a little slower on this thing? And here's what she did. She stomped her little four-year-old foot. She says, you don't really believe I'm healed, do you? We'll pick up on the rest of the story after this break. How's that for an introduction? We'll be right Thank back, you. friends. <laughs> this is Viewpoint. Our viewpoint concerning this matter might just have been determining destiny, even the destiny of some of your loved ones. We'll be right back. Once upon a time, children could pray and read their Bibles in school. Divorces were practically unknown, as was child abuse. In our once great America, virginity and chastity were popular virtues, and homosexuality was an abomination. So what happened in just one generation? Hi, I'm Chuck Chris Meyer, and I urge you to join me daily on Viewpoint, where we discuss the most challenging issues touching our hearts and homes. Could America's moral slide relate to the Fourth Commandment? Listen to Viewpoint on this radio station or anytime at saveus.org. Does God heal today? Is it his will to heal today? How would we even know? Well, let me finish the story. Actually, it was not a glass of milk that Nicole asked for. It was a chocolate cookie. She knew chocolate cookies had milk in them. And so we said, sweetheart, don't you think we ought to go a little slower on this thing? And she stomped her little foot. She says, you don't really believe I'm healed, do you? So we, my wife and I looked at each other, and we gave her that chocolate cookie. She had no reaction. Mm-hmm. That Sunday, a few days later, we took a couple out after the evening service. They had two girls about the age of our daughters. We took them out, and we celebrated Nicole's healing with her first glass of milk and her first bowl of ice cream. And she never had another reaction. What do you make of that, Michael? I say hallelujah. Uh, That is so wonderful. Uh, Chuck, this is amazing. This is an answer to prayer. As I was preparing for our interview, I I said to myself and my my father, you know, um, when it comes to this subject, people turn to their personal life and their personal story Mm-hmm. And I took a look at the, um, the little short um, uh, intro to this uh, to this issue that Bill Curtis wrote. Mm-hmm. He's the executive editor of the magazine, and that's what he did. He talked about his personal experience, and uh, that's what you just did. So thank you. This is what uh, this is where uh, I guess what comes to mind is where the rubber hits the road. Yeah, because. Um, and, and what a wonderful, wonderful, uh, I think they've done a terrific job in this issue because they well, I have would agree. chronicled. Yeah, thank you. I would, they have chronicled the history of healing and then and, and talked about its significance throughout the centuries and then bring it up to date with what is happening today, which is quite amazing. 
that uh, the, the, the medical field, in some respects, is starting to recognize divine healing and, and finding ways to record it. Um, but it's all from personal stories, personal experiences, and personal miracles that they have experienced. And it has changed my view in, in many ways about uh, healing ministries and this amazing phenomenon that's going on right before our eyes and has been for some time, leading up to these end times, that the, uh, the healing, the uh, amazing experience of healing, the healing power of our Lord Jesus and Father, that uh, this is what this uh, faith is based on. It's what, it's what it's founded on. It is part of it. Um, all, all of the theological stuff that we talk about and all of the you know, intellectual um, uh, rationalization mm-hmm. or, or arguments that we can make, all of which are wonderful. Um, everything is changed by our personal experience of the grace and the mercy of, um, of our Heavenly Father and mm-hmm. our Savior, Jesus Christ. So thank you for that wonderful, wonderful story. I myself was allergic to milk as a child. Really? So it means a great deal to me. But... Um, and and this and and you know the story is so enriched by the fact that it was her father, her father that put his hand on her. Mm, 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 mm. I'll tell you Our one picture. thing: it changed our lives dramatically. Has, I I has. probably would not be sitting here today in front of this microphone if I hadn't followed the witness of the Holy Spirit to do that mm. very simple thing that I had never ever done before. Just because God said, these signs shall follow them that believe, they shall lay mm. hands on the sick, and they shall recover. You know, it's, the Bible says that Jesus healed all that were sick. And I don't think that's quite true. What he did was heal all that were sick that came to him. He didn't heal everybody that was sick on the planet. He Absolutely. healed all that were sick that came to him or were in proximity that he ministered to. That's what yeah. he really did. And he and did he that to them. manifest that the kingdom of God had come. Mm. Yes. Yes. And when, he touched them. He reached out and touched, uh, touched them. So you, you did what he commanded you to, you to do. And did you need any training? Did you need to go to a, a, a healing prayer uh, seminar? No. And find out and learn about it? No, it was very simple because I just had to take God at his word. That was what's so simple about it. And I had never believed, you know, never been taught, never had been led to believe in doing that kind of thing. That uh, those things just were, didn't really happen these days anymore. Uh, Just very, very casually, very remotely. So we didn't really do those things. I think people were afraid. They were afraid that, well, what if somebody didn't get healed? Yes. Yeah. And so we put our personal uh, reputation, our personal feelings, our our pride pride on the line. Oh, oh my goodness. Yes. And and the testimony is so powerful because she turned to you and said, do you not believe? uh, From the mouth of a babe, do you not believe? And that daughter now has been my right hand trusting her father and his ministry, my right hand, to do all of the ministry that we're doing. Without her, we couldn't even do it. Where do you think the foundation for that came? 
right there. Right mm. there. Yes. Well, you uh, know what? Hallelujah. You know, uh, the, the spinoff from that was that my wife uh, was suffering terribly from uh, allergies, so bad that her eyes were all blistered. Oh, my. Literally, her eyes were all blistered. Her suffering was horrible. And so oh. I said, Lord, if you would heal my daughter like this, would you not heal my wife? So I went to my wife, and I said, Sweetheart, you know what God did with our daughter. May I lay my hands on you, and we'll just trust God. And I did. And she never had blistering on her eyes again. Never to this day. And that was almost about 45 years ago. Hmm. Well, praise him, thank him. You'll never, you'll never forget that. You'll never, uh, you'll never depart from his, um, from his love and from his grace. You'll, you'll never be lost out of his hand. And this is what is happening all over this fallen world, and has been for some time. And isn't it wonderful that in this issue? You know, one of the things that popped out to me as I've read these amazing articles was these are folks talking about their perspective of our Savior and our gracious Father, and it's all based within, it's all seen through the lens of his healing power and the reality of of, of how he heals, and, uh, and the impact that that has on people's lives. And whether or not he heals, there has been uh, a lot of concern, a lot of uh, historical rejection of God mm-hmm. as healer uh, throughout the uh, Christian history. I mean, John Calvin himself yeah. was adamant about uh, this idea that God continued to heal today. Uh, he said, we mm-hmm. don't need that anymore. He was a yes. sensationist. In other words, not a sensationist, a cessationist, meaning that all of those gifts, all of those power manifestations ceased with the apostles. And, and ironically, or, or maybe in line with that, he was frequently ill. It's amazing. Frequently Ill. It's amazing uh, how our thinking can be uh, all either or and not both and. Why cannot we embrace the fullness of the gospel for salvation from sin and also the fullness of the gospel with regard to the manifestations of God's power, his love, his compassion to touch people where they are right here on terra firma? I think what you're saying is beautifully illustrated through these articles because time and time again, uh, the authors of these articles remind us of that that it, this is not uh, this is not about miracle workers and worshiping miracle workers exactly yeah this is about the grace and the mercy of God who shows us and illustrates and demonstrates his great power and what does that do that brings people to him in faith and it strengthens their faith it gives them faith and this is you know, where does our faith come from? It comes from him. Uh, this, this is not an intellectual.
intellectual decision that we can make, although we do need to make a decision um, to, uh, to trust him and to turn to him. Um, but the, uh, there's nothing like his healing power that, uh, you know, settles us into that, into that abiding faith. And, and the fruit of it, again, is, it, it's repeated several times. It's not in that people got well. It's in that people around them who saw this and experienced these, these uh, things that we call miracles. Um, it draws people to the Father. It draws people to the Savior um, like nothing else. Well, it's true. In fact, uh, it was within the last uh, 10 or 15 years uh, the largest Protestant denomination in this country, a, a fundamentalist evangelical denomination that has a massive missionary movement, was finding terrible frustration outside the Western world. They weren't getting response. They weren't getting response in Africa. They weren't getting response in India. And here were supposed charismatics or Pentecostals that were going into these areas, and it was amazing how people were being healed and uh, coming to the Lord. And so this message came back to that ministry headquarters that is right here on the shores of the James, just a couple of miles from this broadcast. And here's what happened. They couldn't help themselves. They said, okay, well, uh, I guess we're going to have to allow you as our missionaries, even though as a denomination we don't believe in this, we're going to have to allow you to do what the Bible says and exercise some of these things, laying on of hands and so on. Unbelievable. That yeah. really you know, happened. Reminds me, that reminds me of uh, the greatest prophet. Uh, that worked on this earth according to the Messiah, and that is John the Baptist, asked the question, um, is it you or should we seek another? Exactly. And what was, what was the Savior's reply? Well, he, well he, he didn't even answer at that time. It says he didn't, he didn't even answer. He went about doing what he was doing to demonstrate the kingdom, and then he said, now, you go and tell John what things you have seen and heard how that the sick are raised up, the dead are raised up, the lepers are cleansed, the uh, the lame are walking, and unto the poor the gospel is preached. That's what he said. That's what his reply was to uh, to John's doubt. Um, see see what is happening, and it was all about healing. Okay. All about healing. Yeah. Do you think? Do we need healing today? Oh my gosh. I mean, look Look at what happened over the past two years. People in terrifying fear, Christians in terrifying fear, rushed to get their own God-created immune systems distorted and perverted by faulty experimental vaccines that are killing people right and left rather than yeah. trust God. It's unbelievable. Yeah. 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 Um, now there's a uh, there's a specific article here. Um, I'm I'm sure I'll be able to mention it, but uh, in Brazil and Brazil has been, uh, you know, it's a, it was a Christian mission explosion 
that's mm-hmm. been going on for some time in Brazil. Right. And they refused to shut down their churches. What a great testimony. And there are, are several, you know, uh, very prominent uh, preachers and pastors in this country that refused to shut down because of, of this false uh, narrative about COVID. And, and to actually accept the idea that this was not an essential occupation of pe- in people's lives to uh, get together and worship their God. Mm. We, must never ha- we must never allow that to happen again. Well, in balance, we've got to recognize, uh, Michael, as you say, that uh, by themselves, healings don't confer immortality or consummate kingdom promises but they are a foretaste of the coming day when sickness and death will be no more. In other words, that the kingdom of God has come. That's what the message of the gospel is. We'll be right back. There is so much more about Chuck Chris Meyer and Save America Ministries on our website, saveus.org. For example, on the front page are two great videos. First, an interview and discussion of Chuck's book, Out of Egypt. Also, a great TV interview with Chuck regarding his book, Seduction of the Saints. Much more videos, a For Pastors Only section, and also you can view Chuck's weekly teachings. All at his website, saveus.org. That's saveus.org. Also on Chuck's website, listen to Chuck's Viewpoint broadcast. Listen to the archives. Maybe you missed a program. Check it out at saveus.org. Also, there are some great resources, hospitality information, also information about marriage, divorce, and remarriage, newsletters, articles, prophecy, prayer and revival information, all at saveus.org. Welcome back to Viewpoint. The fullness of the kingdom has not yet come, but it has been revealed in part as Jesus came. He went about preaching, teaching, and healing, and multitudes followed. Then, after he did that for a couple of years, he called his 12 disciples and sent them out. What was the message? Preach, teach, and heal. Then he called 70 more that were not the apostles, and he gave them the same instruction to do exactly the same thing. What is our problem? What is the problem in our denominational thinking? Do we really believe what the Bible says, that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever? I'm not convinced. And Jesus' prayer prayer. Thy kingdom come and thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven? What do you think that meant? What do you think Jesus was talking about? Hmm. Our special guest today, Michael Austin, representing Christian History Magazine, the title of this particular issue, Touching the Hem of His Garment, Christian Experiences of Divine Healing. Uh, Michael, how can people get a copy of this uh, magazine? Because I think it would be greatly encouraging. In fact, I think every pastor should have it. I really do. I, oh, I agree. Uh, that's why I've been uh, doing this uh, doing this work, which is a joy, uh, to talk about this magazine. It's available only, by the way, you cannot purchase a su- subscription. You can only make a donation if you choose to do so. But those who support the ministry want everyone to uh, 
go ahead and uh, subscribe to this wonderful magazine and have it in your home so that your children see this, so that your um, your peers, your your siblings, uh, mom and dad, everybody, your friends that come over, mm-hmm. see that the, there is a credible Christian magazine like this that is teaching us history, which is so important because um, um, having having expunged history from our uh, from our college and university is one of the major problems that we have. But uh, folks can subscribe, uh, register on the website, uh, christianhistorymagazine.org.org. Um, it just uh, if there's a financial issue, problem, a need there, uh, ignore the opportunities to donate and simply uh, sign up for that, and, and you'll get that in the mail. It's a quarterly magazine, comes out four times a year, and each issue is on one subject only, this mm. one being on divine healing, and so you get a wonderful, thorough treatment of the, of the subject. You know, Michael, I've been uh, receiving this magazine for many, many years, in fact, uh, at least a couple of decades, I think, and uh, every time you and I have done an interview, uh, with, with very few exceptions, almost every magazine has been worthy of a serious treatment here on Viewpoint. And uh, I really appreciate what they're doing and what you're doing, giving of your time to to help get this kind of message out there. And again, it's uh, uh, christianhistorymagazine.org, christianhistorymagazine.org. That's how you can uh, get a copy of it, friends, and I don't think you're going to be disappointed. And it tr- the interesting thing is that as these issues are dealt with, even this one today concerning healing and God's work in our time, all of the different outlooks are brought forth. This is not a propaganda piece. This is a serious revelation of where we have been as professing Christians historically. And for long times there in the first two, three, even four centuries, everything was confirming what Jesus had said. These signs shall follow them that believe. In my name they shall lay hands on the sick. They shall cast out demons. They shall take speak with new tongues and so on. And and. This this was how the kingdom of God was manifested, and that's how the church grew. But then came a fellow by the name of Constantine. What happened, Michael, when Constantine made the Christian faith the religion of the Roman realm? Well, it um, it grieved the Holy Spirit, I can tell you that for sure. Because what they did was they converted a faith, and by the way, it's the only faith, that I know of, um, a, a faith in the living God, they converted that into a business, and it became the business of Rome, which continues today, sadly. Mm-hmm. Um, and when that happened, I believe that the Holy Spirit was grieved, and uh, they made they made healing and the activity of healing and praying for healing, they made it a franchise, basically. And so that the only person that can do this is our priest, who we who we we franchise this individual. Yeah, and you and better it, you better pay him well, and uh, <laughs> you better do obeisance to the to the pope who who's supporting this priest. Yes, 
And today, that is a, an incredible worldwide scandal. Uh, the priesthood of the Catholic Church has completely been um, controlled by uh, what I would say would be criminals. But, um, the, you know, you and I have had many, many discussions, as you mentioned, um, on, the, on the topics of, of this wonderful magazine. And we often find out, have found ourselves asking the question, so what is wrong with the church? What is, the, what is wrong with the, what has happened to this Western institution, which we love and adore so much, uh, called our faith? Uh, and, and what is the problem? And I believe this issue brings to the forefront certainly one of the major things, because you just repeated that our Savior sent uh, his people out to preach, to teach, and to heal. We have preached, we have taught, have we healed? And, no, um, not, not I, so much. I, and then some of those, many of those who picked up on healing began to use it in a sensationalistic way uh, to yeah. line their pockets as televangelists mm-hmm. and pervert the very essence of what God was trying to do by his spirit. Yes, and as we know, that whole area of, of healing and medicine and and illness and so forth is fraught with, uh, you know, fraud and and all kinds of deception, snake oil salesmen and so forth. So that's the area that we we most need to uh, pay attention to. Uh, you know, is it and 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 test the spirits as the Bereans did mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. so wonderfully. Those those spirits um, need to be tested. Now the the issue takes up. A lot of these movements um, and a lot of these individuals. And by the uh, way, the way they take it up is very straightforward, very honest. And uh, it's not grinding an axe. Uh, Mm -hmm. I'm very familiar with this history and have been participant in uh, a lot of it, as I've just testified, for the past uh, 50 years. So Mm -hmm. I think I can evaluate the integrity of how this is presented here, and it's quite a beautiful piece. It is. It is. And again, a part of that is the focus of, of the importance of, of healing and the healing power uh, of God in that it's not about getting well so much as it is turning to him. That's what he wants us to do. He wants us to turn to him. It's called trust. It's called trust, trust, and that is part of the essence of faith, isn't it? Yes, it is. Yeah. Yes, and it's uh, now what your daughter did was she trusted. She trusted implicitly, trusted entirely, and uh, turned and said, uh, "Give me that thing which I have not been able to uh, have." Do you think that this maybe is what Jesus had in mind to a certain extent when he said, "Unless you become as a little child, you can't even see the kingdom"? Precisely. Precisely, that's what he's saying. Yeah. We need to have that faith of the child who um, is not distracted, not confused, doesn't have all of these intellectual arguments going on in their heads about billions and billions of years and um, all kinds of uh, weird ways to twist uh, uh, you know, teachings into all kinds of doctrines and so forth, which men are, are expert at, let's face it. That, that, we, we excel in that, in that department. Um, you know, she was um, she was focused. She was believing. She had faith, and she trusted. That's what he wants. 
In the book of Matthew, we read words uh, that Jesus went about healing, uh, teaching and healing, that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by Isaiah the prophet, saying, he himself took our infirmities and bare our sicknesses. A lot of people would say, well, that's just talking about our spiritual life. Oh, no. It was not talking about that at all. In fact, it was talking specifically about physical healing, that it might be fulfilled. And so we have played a lot of word games, theological exercises, gymnastics, to try to avoid dealing with this aspect of the kingdom, haven't we? Yes, we have. We have indeed. And um, it, 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 what, a, what a great reminder that um, we, we've done that out of our pride. I think, I think you hit upon this earlier in the conversation, that we're afraid that a miracle won't happen, so we won't even, we won't even pray. We won't even put, lay our hands on someone. And that's our pride. Yeah. Um, when, when he wants us to believe, uh, I'm, I'm reminded of the, uh, of the uh, ruler who, who said to uh, the, the leader that said to Jesus, um, I, I believe, but help my unbelief. Mm-hmm. Help my unbelief. So as we age and as we become mature and as we start to experience some of these powers that, that frankly, is the, the, the enemy is, is uh, giving us, um, to be, uh, you know, big, big time leaders and big uh, rulers and, and uh, wielders of power, um, it takes us away. It takes us away from him. We start trusting in ourselves and, our, and we come, become prideful. And then uh, we lose sight of what he wants us to be doing, uh, which is primarily to be turning from sin, turning to him, trusting in him, and repenting. This is, this is the time, we're in a time when we should all be in a state of, of uh, deep, deep repentance every day. If we really, really believe that Jesus is coming soon, we should. Yeah. We'll be right back after this. Christian History Magazine, friends, you really, really need this magazine. We'll be right back. Have you ever considered what the early church was like? Many people are developing a heart longing for a greater fulfillment in our practices as Christians. A recent study showed 53,000 people a week are leaving the back door of America's churches in frustration. What is going on? Why has there not been even a 1% gain among followers of Christ in the last 25 years? Could it be that God is seeking to restore first century Christianity for the 21st century? Jesus said, I'll build my church. Is Christ by his spirit stirring to prepare the church for the 21st century? The early church prayed together and broke bread from house to house. They were family, and it was said by all who observed, behold how they love one another. Incredible. But the same can be found right now. Go to saveus.org and click Sell Church. We can revive first century Christianity for the 21st century. It's about people, not programs. It's about a body, not a building. That's saveus.org. Click Sell Church. Peter and John were on their way to the temple. At the gate beautiful, they ran into a guy who had been lame from his birth. He held out his little tin cup 
for alms. And Peter and John said this, Silver and gold have I none, but such as I have, or we have, we give to you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. Now, the Bible tells us in the book of Acts that he did. He rose up and walked. Now, I don't know how he did that, and neither do you. You don't know how God heals. We don't need to know how God heals. What we need to know is that he does heal, and he wants to heal. So, Peter and John then were taken to task. Like many of the denominational heads today, who take people to task for laying hands on the sick. Uh Uh-huh, they do. Whole denominations have been at war over this subject, just like the religious leaders of Jesus' day. So they took Peter and John to task, brought them into the council, and said, don't you ever dare talk in the name of Jesus again. So they beat them and let them go, They saw that indeed a tremendous miracle had been done, but they weren't willing to allow that to affect their church leadership. So Peter and John left their assembly and prayed this prayer. You can read it in Acts chapter 4. Lord, grant unto thy servants that with all boldness we may speak your word or preach your word by stretching forth your hand to heal, that signs and wonders might be done in the name of thy holy child Jesus. Why would they pray like that? Have you ever prayed a prayer like that? Would you think that the to be a disciple would change if Jesus Christ changes not? He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Would you believe in a cessationist gospel that all of those things that Jesus did and told his disciples to do all of a sudden are out of whack, completely out of sync with the truth of God's word today? Think about it. Now, We used to sing a song, Michael. Mm. There's power in the blood. Power in the blood. We used to sing that song all the time. It was one of my favorite gospel songs. Mm -hmm. There's power in the blood. And that was linked to the concept that by his stripes we are healed. Amen. They love to sing about the power of Jesus' atoning blood on the cross in the hymn, Power in the Blood. Tell us a bit about that. Well, he, um, we used to also sing a hymn uh, that reminded us to trust and obey. Oh, yes. And we used to sing two. it. We used to. We used to. The body used to. And um, again, I, I think that uh, the, the this modern church of ours, with, that has so many problems, and we have had so many discussions about what in the world is going on. This is, um, th- this is coming back. It's you know we're being forced, I think, by these wonderful ministries that are going all over the world, um, 
and and preaching healing and encouraging people. Um, I'm reminded of this um, amazing pastor in Korea. I think his um, his church is something like 300,000 uh, in number. And uh, you know, are you talking about Yonggi Cho? Uh, yes, his church is yes. 800,000. 800. I'm sorry, 800. <laughs> he says he says that yeah, uh, that's David Yonji Cho, and he's a, a quote in 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 the article. Uh, God is good, and He is our Father. Even though our life struggles today, if we welcome Jesus into our lives and stand firm in faith, He will bless and transform our soul, body, and life. Have hope in Jesus. Hope that the sick will be healed and the poor will have plenty. So, I, you know, we need a reformation. We've, yeah. said, we've said that to each other many, many times, and I think it's the, healing, the, the reformation of healing we need to bring back the essence of uh, our Savior's message to, uh, to John uh, the Baptist, who understandably being tortured in prison mm-hmm. was, uh, was having doubts, and that is, well, the, the sick are being healed. And that was his problem. And unto the poor, the gospel is being preached. So it was a both-and situation, not either-or. Oh, yes. Exactly. That's, that's, that's the discernment. We must have this, this kind of discernment and also avoid those who would not allow discernment that just, just want to go uh, crazy about healing and, and perverting all, and, and doing it in a perverting, perverted way, all kinds of strange uh, things going on, which, by the way, um, is are very often are ways that the enemy has, has come into the body. Sure. Um, and where is he attacking the body? He's attacking the body in those very ways. Right. Um, through through uh, fraudulent uh, healing and counterfeit healing. But we should expect, um, you know, we, we should be teaching uh, people who, who come to the to the uh, saving grace of salvation in in Jesus that we should expect healing to be going on in the church. We we should stop these things called healing crusades uh, because uh, you know that's us thinking that we can create a healing movement. No, we should uh, uh, have a faith movement in which healing occurs. Exactly that. See, the problem is, wherever God wants to work, Satan wants to distort and pervert. He wants to take that which is holy and turn it into that which is fleshly. And that which is of the flesh reaps corruption. And we have to learn to throw out the, we don't want to throw out the baby with the bathwater. We want to be able to sift out the corruption and preserve the truth and the essence of, of what the Bible uh, portrays. And it's interesting uh, that all of this trajectory is laid out. For instance, starting with the uh, Zusa P- uh, Street Revival in the early 1900s there in Los Angeles, uh, that spread rapidly and uh, actually, in many respects, have swept through the whole world so that that particular movement, some would call it the Pentecostal movement, some would call it charismatic, so whatever t- no, name you want to call it is not the issue. The issue is, do you take God at his word? Isn't that the real issue? 
It is. And, and that, time, that yeah. is what has spread most rapidly throughout the, uh, the world other than America and Europe. That is what has transformed South America. Mm-hmm. That is what has been transforming Africa. Yeah. 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 India as well. And India, yes. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. I practiced law in Southern California for 20 years. My law office was directly across the street from the Lake, large Lake Avenue Congregational Church, which was the place where uh, some of the struggles that were going on in, shall we say, moving from stiff evangelicalism into a freer understanding of the work of the Holy Spirit and of healing. And uh, Fuller Seminary was just around the corner from my law office. This Mm -hmm. was the area where much of this was taking place. And then we had Calvary Chapel with Chuck Smith there in uh, Southern California. And that turned into the Vineyard Churches with John Wimber. And all of those things, it's all told, the whole story is told in this amazing magazine. To help us to understand that God wants to restore, on the near edge of the second coming, wants to restore the fullness of his kingdom on this planet. Yes, this uh, article titled Healing Power um, that covers the the history of uh, John Wimber and how he got together um, uh, with with his his good friend, you, you just mentioned his name. You mean uh, Chuck Smith? No. Peter no, Wagner? Um, yes, Wagner. Yeah. Um, how they came together to uh, start a movement, which, uh, I mean, Wagner was the was kind of the, uh, the, the movement guy. Mm-hmm. He was interested in movement. But John Wimber's story is so beautifully told um, about how he struggled with this issue of faith and mm-hmm. healing. And, uh, you know, things were not happening. Right. And all of a sudden he experienced a breakthrough. And it encouraged him to persevere. Um, and, of course, the rest of the story is, is, is pretty well known. But these, these original experiences of the early, uh, the early uh, leaders in what became this movement is, is inspiring. And uh, the reason, I think that partly the reason for that is, of course, uh, as it as it grew, uh, you know, uh, corruption came into it, that that movement, and there were a lot of people who took advantage. Right. Uh, as you say, uh, you know, televangelists uh, were combined it with prosperity gospel. Right. Which we know as a terrible heresy. But um, and that's what's so important about keeping the discernment there, because um, other other. When there is a breakthrough like this, with the uh, uh, particularly with the Holy Spirit, uh, there uh, there are those who uh, come along. Uh, Paul re- refers to them as wolves. They come in in sheep's clothing um, and and distract and distort and pervert. Yeah. You but, know, uh, there are things uh, people may wonder, and we don't we can't possibly deal with all of the different aspects of this subject. But one of the things, 
uh, is, do I have enough faith? Well, sometimes it's not. Jesus said if you have faith as much as a little grain of mustard seed, you're going to be able to accomplish a lot of things. So it's not about accusing people of not having enough faith. Largely. That's that's one of the terrible... That's one of the terrible perversions that has, uh, um, you know, uh, restricted or, or um, uh, distorted right. the um, uh, people's faith in healing. According, although yeah. although Christ did say, "According to your faith, be it done unto you." So yeah. faith is involved, but there are some other things that are involved, like sin in your life, mm. particularly. Let's say that you are a professing Christian, but you're walking in fornication or adultery or whatever, and you mm-hmm. think you're going to go lay hands on people and expect God to respond to your prayer. Mm-hmm. Uh, what kind of confidence do you have? You're walking mm-hmm. in sin, and how about the person that's receiving it? I was called one time uh, back in California to go minister to a woman who was in the hospital. She had gangrene. Mm. Her feet were eaten up with gangrene, and I I went in there, and the smell was horrific. And Mm. so as I sat there, I said, Lord, how do I minister to this woman? Is she ready to receive healing? Is she even ready for us to pray? And so I asked her, is there anything in your life that is inhibiting you from walking with the Lord fully. I said, I note that your hands are completely all wound up with arthritis. Sometimes Mm -hmm. doctors say that's due to bitterness and unforgiveness. I said, is there anything in your life that you are unwilling to forgive? And she went into a fit and said, I cannot and will not forgive my sister. Mm -hmm. I said, Lord, thank you. I cannot pray for this woman legitimately. She is not ready to receive. So here's the question, friend. Are you ready to walk by faith from God's viewpoint? Get a hot copy of this wonderful magazine, ChristianHistoryMagazine.org. You can get your copy free or make a donation. I hope you'll do so. It may just change your life. You've been listening to Viewpoint with Chuck Grissmeyer. Viewpoint is supported by the faithful gifts of our listeners. Let me urge you to become a partner with Chuck as a voice to the church declaring vision for the nation. Join us again next time on Viewpoint as we confront the issues of America's heart and home. 